the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Apple's in the news today. Everyone knows that Apple's Tim Cook is in Washington. Apple's never been very big into the political process. They've been in it, but not huge. But I'm reading some headlines at briefing.com, for instance. Senator McCain wants to close tax loopholes to bring back $1 trillion in total corporate profits. McCain reiterates that 95% of Apple are indeed done in the United States. Apple defended by Senator Paul at subcommittee. So Apple's rebounding off its lows. If you take a look at Apple today, take a look at the stock market, you're like, oh, what's wrong with Apple? You need a reliable source to get that information. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Rob. Nice to be back with you. It's always good to talk to someone smart, especially when it comes to the stock market. I just quoted a briefing source. It's part of your breaking news. It's not sexy. It's just it's telling you what's happening at Apple, and it kind of reassures Apple investors. It probably gives ammo to Apple's detractors. Thoughts? Well, I can say that um, you know, from a um, from company standpoint, Briefing.com doesn't uh, take political positions, if you will. Um, you know, we can say that if we are looking at what's going on with Apple, I mean, the facts of the matter are that it didn't break any laws, right? Um, but does it really pass a sniff test uh, for a lot of people? Eh, you know, probably not. Um, you know, the term tax avoidance comes into the mix here. And I think that, the, you know, the, the Senate committee is, you know, is rightfully, you know, probably taking a look at how, it, you know, it can sort of, or well, it's probably what you would expect it to do at this point, given where the deficit is and all of that, that you try to look for ways to increase your, your revenue stream and to, um, you know, reclaim some taxes that otherwise have gone unclaimed for a long time. Seems kind of like a no-brainer for Congress to say repatriate it, maybe a tax holiday, because that money will end up in somebody's hands, which should be stimulative to the economy. Am I wrong? Well, you would think so. I mean, the the uh, the premise for that would be, you know, you repatriate these money, this money that's earned overseas, and that these companies would in turn, you know, use that. Uh, to uh, in, you know, for capital improvement projects, and also to return capital to to their shareholders, uh, and that should ultimately have you know a um, trickle down effect as it relates to an improvement in consumer spending activity. You know, if you've got 1.9 trillion dollars, and and not all of it's going to come back if they you know figure this out. But anyway, you would think that a good chunk of it would, because you've heard these companies uh, bemoan the current tax structure as a reason why they don't repatriate those profits. 
you know, but uh, it would point out, um, I forget the exact year, but I believe there was, you know, some tax holiday in that effect. And the idea was that all these companies were going to, you know, hire more people. And I think studies have shown that they really didn't hire more people. Um, so um, kind of have to be careful about expectations in terms of what all of this could do if this money does come home. But I think on the margin, certainly, if you've got all, you know, a good chunk of money coming back, these companies are, are going to find ways to, if nothing else, return it to their shareholder base in some way, shape, or form, and, and that would be a good thing for, uh, for those particular shareholders. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, this morning Home Depot came out and crushed on earnings. And I think some analysts are seeing it as companies executing well. Some analysts are seeing it as the housing market recovery play that's pretty obvious. What are your thoughts on the housing recovery, and is it pretty obvious that that's enough to support our economy at this top point in time? Well, there's, you know, clear signs that there's a housing recovery underway, but, you know, what needs to be taken account is that it's coming off of such a depressed base. So, you know, when you you see these year-over-year improvements, um, you know, they, they, they certainly look good and sound good from a headline standpoint, but we're, you know, uh, still a long, long way away from where we were back before everything collapsed. And so, you know, the good news is there's a lot of room still for, for upside improvement there. Um, probably the more frustrating news is it's going to take, you know, an extended period of time to kind of reclaim those highs. But there's no doubt that there's a housing recovery um, uh, that's been solidified here. You've seen increases in existing and new home sales. Housing starts are picking up. Uh, obviously, the uh, you know mortgage rates are, are depressed and, uh, and allowing for, um, you know, for uh, increased home purchase activity. So, so that's all good. Um, and, you know, can the housing recovery support the economy? Um, not on its own. Um, it certainly can help, and we're seeing that as it relates to, uh, you know, the residential investment contribution into the GDP report. Uh, but there's a, you know, this is a huge economy, and so you're going to need more than just housing to pick up if we're going to achieve that, you know, that so-called escape velocity where we get back to, you know, 3% plus growth on a sustained basis. And, you know, we're not there yet because while, you know, you are seeing some improvement in the housing sector, you know, loan demand is still generally not uh, not robust, and, and certainly you can see in the amount of excess reserves that banks are holding that they're not uh, necessarily um, loosening their purse strings uh, willingly right now to lend out that money, and, and you need that to happen for the economy to really you know, get kick-started and, and move into you know, what I refer to as that escape velocity phase that uh, has been elusive here despite all of what the Fed has done uh, since 2008-2009. Speaking about the Fed, the Federal Reserve, there's talk that Ben Bernanke may be too optimistic about the future of the U.S. economy. Low interest rates certainly have helped me refinance my mortgage, have more money for my family, period. Um, It's also helped companies like Apple issue debt and pay their dividends. Low money is great in the moment. But I think you you wrote something recently, or someone at Briefing did, that talked about when interest rates start moving up, watch out. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know, you make a good point, Rob. I mean, I mean, you have low interest rates. I mean, good things tend to happen, but um, but we also have seen, you know, throughout history that uh, it, it's just human nature that things get carried to the extreme there when you have, um, you know, the opportunity to, to borrow um, uh, at such low interest rates. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier, that we still haven't seen, you know, 
banks really, you know, let loose. So while you've seen some, you know, nice improvement uh, in the housing market like we discussed, obviously you've seen, you know, the huge run-up in stock prices. Um, I don't think we were at extreme levels yet uh, of enthusiasm like we saw uh, that led to the housing bubble. Um, but, you know, to the point, you know, your question is like, do we look out when interest rates go up? Um, I have to say that it depends. You know, I do think that um, there's going to be some uh, some upset for the stock market initially, you know, because you've had it so good for so long with this promise that interest rates are going to stay low, that the Fed's going to continue to, you know, buy $85 billion a month and, you know, agency mortgage-backed securities and treasury securities. And so, there will be an adjustment factor as to, like, you know, this party's starting to end. You know, it's not going to be over, but uh, suddenly the, uh, you know, the keg that was once full, you know, is now looking more like a pony keg maybe. And so, you know, you're not getting as much enthusiasm as you might otherwise with the, the Fed going in, you know, being all in, trying to throw the greatest party around. So there'll be an adjustment factor, but where I say it depends is, you know, if the Fed is, is you know, tapering and uh, and interest rates actually go up for the right reasons, that is, you're seeing this escape velocity and you're still seeing inflation stay under control in the midst of the economy picking up, you know, you can still see the, the equity market do reasonably well under that situation. And so really a lot's going to depend on the timing of what the when the Fed does this and really what the data is saying at the time that the Fed comes out and make some type of indication that it's going to start pulling back on its ultra-accommodative uh, policy. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst at Briefing.com, great resource for investors. Tell us, Mr. O'Hare, why do we care about Jamie Dimon basically retaining his position as both chairman and CEO, according to the New York Times? <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I don't know if I have a, a, a real good thought for you there. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I, I would offer this. You know, he's he's clearly been a leading figurehead throughout um, throughout the, you know, well, for a long time, really, and certainly coming out of the financial crisis where it was very evident that he uh, helped manage that bank in a very prudent way that many of his counterparts did not. Now, you know, you flash forward several years, and, of course, you had the London whale trading incident and, and everything, and um, but... You know, Mr. Diamond's a very outspoken individual, very charismatic. Um, I think that, uh, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase is obviously a widely owned stock. Uh, They look to him as sort of a beacon of leadership as it relates to the regulatory framework and to the uh, the recovery in the financial sector. And so if, if there's a, you know, this move to try to strip him of some of his power, um, you know, there was the possibility he even suggested himself that he might just say, you know what, I'm done here. And then that might create some unnecessary uncertainty for, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase and, um, you know, and who knows what happens. But, um, you know, it's a huge, huge organization. Um, I, there's, you know, legitimate arguments on both sides, I think, to say, you know, you probably need to split those roles um, or not. But uh, it appears that shareholders have voted this morning, and they said that, you know, they want them to, to maintain both of those roles. And you've seen J.P. Morgan stock uh, react uh, positively to that news. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. international markets. And I open the segment by telling you, you know, some of the stuff they've written about Apple today. They're on top of it. They're watching the wires. They're watching the stories. They've got the reporters in the right place. They're pulling and collating and, and distributing the data to us in a pretty efficient manner. 
that's a lot more trustworthy than a lot of people want to ascribe to Wall Street analysis. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. I'm talking all things financial. Don't be shy. Drop me an email. I will interact with you. Patrick O'Hare just joined us. He's the Chief Market Analyst at Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Tomorrow we get Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist. Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. Take a break here. I'll be right back. AM 1220. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.